Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So this morning we're going to start the new series on missions, and we're going to focus on prayer, and why it's important that we pray for missions, why it's important that we seek the Lord first before we go out on missions. So prayer, I mean, just I was watching as we were preparing, I was watching this uh, teaching by... Um, by this gentleman, I can't remember his name now, but he's a, he's a solid Christian. And he was talking about the importance of prayer on missions and before missions. And he said, prayer is the, the precursor to everything. And I think we all know it as a church. Everything we've done in this church, we've done with prayer, we've done in prayer. We've done through our half-night pray, uh, half prayers. We've solidified it in prayer. We've birthed things in prayer. I know some of you might ask, uh, birthing things in prayer, but we birth things in prayer. We trust the Lord to make things happen because things happen in the spirit first before they happen on, in the earth. So if things do not happen in the spirit, God says, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed on earth. I mean, whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so when we pray, we are loosing things in heaven so that they can come down to earth. And when we, buy, when we pray to bind things, we bind things in heaven because of the authority that is upon us as Christians. So first I want to talk about just the importance of mission. What is a mission? A mission is an important assignment. So number one, it's an important assignment. It's given, so it's something that you receive. So you are given a mission, and it typically involves traveling to another country. So this is a general, a general uh, definition of a mission. And it's essentially a vocation or calling of a religious, I like that, religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread its faith. So missions are important based on the definition. You have a calling for it, and it usually involves traveling. Sometimes it involves just walking across your desk to your colleague, and that in itself is a mission. Now, the, the, the biblical definition of, of, of a mission is Christian missions are about following Christ's call. So you notice, again, there is a call. There is a, something that you are given, an instruction or a commission or a command that you are given to go. And then on this mission, you share the gospel to a lost world. So there's a target audience. There's people you speak to. And there's a task that you are given. And basically, there's a call that God gives you. And essentially, what a pleasure and an honor it is to obey God in doing that. It is such an honor to partner with Jesus because Jesus died that we can go out into the world and spread his love, spread the gospel, so that others who don't know the Lord, you know, would come to know the Lord. I was just thinking this week about my life, and I was like, I had a, a hectic life. I mean, if it wasn't for my mom, I don't think I would still be. My mom used to pray for me. I used to come back from my nights out, and then you hear my mom, and you're like, ah! <laughs> and we quickly go to my room. <laughs> and you know, and it's in prayer. My mom labored in prayer that all of us today know the Lord. Every single one of us. There is a fight for our souls in the spirit realm. The enemy wants us. God is calling us. And there's a fight for our souls. And if we are not praying for people, they will go to hell. And that is not God's heart. That's why he says we should go. So many of us are saying, oh, when did Jesus say so? Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says, therefore go. So here's the command. There's the call and there's the command. Go and do what? Make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then there's a promise. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he says, go, make disciples. The precursor to baptizing people is to preach the word. And he said to them in Mark 16, 15, he said, as you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. So he says, as you go, preach the gospel. Now, the gospel compels us to pray for a couple of things. Compels us to pray for the harvest. And uh, in Matthew 9, 38, as well as Luke 10, it says, the Bible says, the harvest is plenty. There's so many people who are seeking the Lord. Many times, I mean, in, in the industry that we in, we always engage with people, and sometimes you don't want to engage with certain people. You almost want to run away from them because you're like, oh, this person, can they just sort out their lives, you know? But that is the harvest. And I'm coming to that. I've gotten, God gave me, Jesus gave me such a revelation about the harvest. And he says, Jesus set himself apart completely. He didn't, he was walking with Judas for three years, knowing that Judas was going to betray him. So halfway he could have said, I don't have time for Judas. Please leave my team. This here is the inner circle. Please find yourself another place. Because I'm sure Judas had a bit of an attitude here and there, you know, handing on. And, but Jesus kept him there for the sake of kingdom and for the sake of the purposes of God. Because he was part of the purposes. And God was just telling me, sometimes there's no point in trying to wiggle yourself out of a relationship. When God has brought that person to you for you to be able to minister to them, for them to be able to know the gospel and them to be able to meet Jesus and their lives to be changed as mine was changed, as, mine, as my life was changed by the Lord. So he says the harvest is plenty. There's so many people walking past us every day who need the Lord. If we just look into the world, all of us are probably upset about some leader who's not treating his people right or some country that's, being, that's going to the dogs, as we said. We all have a gripe inside of us. But it comes, the world can only be transformed by spreading the word of Jesus Christ. And then the gospel compels us to pray for the lost, compels us to pray for the nations to be saved. This morning we sang, ask of me. Jesus actually said, and it's not Psalm, nine, uh, Psalm 2, 9, it's actually Psalm 2, 8. It says, ask of me the nations. Ask of me. That means pray and ask me to, so that I can give you the nation. I know many people who have said, there was a gentleman who went to China. He says, Lord, if you don't give me China, I will die. He said, I will die if you don't give me China. How many of us are praying and saying, God, if you don't give me Namibia, I will die. If you don't give me Nedbank, I will die. <laughs> and then it compels us to pray for the extension of his kingdom. And everywhere you see in the Gospels, before Jesus found the man that he drove out how many demons out of him, he was praying. There were times when it says Jesus was praying the whole night he was praying. There were times when he found himself walking on water to catch up with the disciples. Hey, the disciples were, were, were like scared. Oh, who the, hey, what's going on here? And here comes Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. But it's because he was praying. He always withdrew himself, the Bible says, to pray. So Jesus is our example. So if, if your father is not praying in the house, that's fine. Jesus is your example. If your mother is not praying, that's fine. Jesus is your example. If your brother or your older sister is not praying, Jesus is your example. Yeah? So let's talk a bit about missions, the gospel, and prayer. So the work of the missions is the proclamation 
of the gospel. So the work we do on missions is to proclaim the gospel. Now the gospel is proclaimed through preaching the word of God. So you can't, you can't go preach your opinion. You can't preach what you think about something. You preach the word of God. Jesus died that you may be saved, and that is the gospel. So you, you tell somebody you can receive it or you don't receive it. But all of this, there's a precursor to all of these things happening, and that is prayer. And prayer is like dynamite. Prayer is the power that wields the weapon of the word. What we've noticed is that when we pray, the Holy Spirit, if you look at, um, I think it was Paul Washer said, um, when if you look at the book of Acts and you look at Luke, the two prominent things that stood out was the spirit and the power of God and then the word of God, you know, and pray. The word of God that came in power and pray. There was always prayer and the word went out and the power of God was made manifest. So if we do not pray, if you look at Reinhard Bonke, he had intercessors praying, going to different towns before he got there and while he was there. Daniel Nash was an intercessor for Charles Finney. Daniel Nash used to go weeks before the time and sit in a city, book a hotel, a hotel room that one day the hotel manager walked past and the people were groaning and praying and crying out for the souls of that city. And he called Charles Finney and he says, uh, I think there's something wrong with your guys here. You need to come and look. What's going on there? No, they are crying and they are groaning and they are what, what? And then uh, he says, no. That is God doing his work there. When Charles Finney used to come, behind every powerful preacher, you will know that there are people praying for them. And many times we think, you're that preacher. Or we think, yeah, I've arrived, man. I'm doing this thing. is happening. Sometimes we don't even know that when you are called to, to preach the word of God, when you are called to step out in the marketplace or whatever, God raises up people to pray for you. So if you are impactful, you must know that there are people who are crying out to God for you. When you see that things are not, you are not having that same thing happening anymore. Ten to one, that person has stopped praying. There was a pastor who, um, who used to be powerful. He was powerful. He used to preach the word and things would be happening in church. People, while he's praying, would just fall to the ground and what have you. And then suddenly the power just left. And he was wondering, what's going on? The power left. And then one day this old lady came to him, a widow. She came and she says, Pastor, the power has left you. And he says, yes, the power has gone. And he says, Pastor, the power has left you. Yes, the power has left me. Can I tell you why? Yes. She took him to the janitor's room. She says, this used to be my husband's office. And he used to come in on Sundays or during the week, come quickly and finish his work quickly, clean the church quickly. And for the rest of the day, he was praying for you. And my husband has died. And that's how the power left. Because there was someone, one person, praying for that pastor. That's why it's important that we pray for our leaders. We pray for the people spreading the word. We pray for missions. It is not just for the love of it. We think, ah, let's just pray for Margaret quickly. It's really because there is power. There is power when we minister through prayer. To a place of prayer. Okay. So just as, um, and even Paul, he said, pray also for me. That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And then he also said, so he said to declare the word fearlessly 
and courageously, he asked the people, pray for me. Then he said, pray for me that there would be open doors for the message. And then he requested prayer that the message will spread rapidly and the message of God and the gospel of the Lord will be honored. So you see the, the different prayers that, uh, that uh, Paul prayed. It's not just, even Paul, and he was one of the most successful apostles. He wrote half or more than half of the New Testament. He wrote all the books of, of, of you know, from Ephesians to what? To Titus, I think. To Titus, just before Revelations, Paul and Hebrews, before Hebrews. He wrote those books. And what an honor it is to partner with God. You know, guys, we cannot reemphasize the importance of prayer. Prayer, as I said, so these three things work together. When we go on missions, we proclaim the gospel. The gospel is proclaimed by using the word of God, and prayer is the power that wields the weapon of the word. And the word is really a weapon. The Bible says it cuts through bone and marrow. It cuts through bone and marrow. You know, sometimes when you just, um, I was reading this book, it says, this woman was saying she was praying to the Lord, Lord, change my husband. Change him, change him, change him. She was praying, change him, Lord, change him, change him. He needs to change. He's not following the ways that you are talking about. And then the Lord one day said to her, how about I change you? Huh? What do you mean? I'm fine, Lord. <laughs> and, um, and she said, after she started doing that, she says, God started revealing to her the things with, that were in her heart, her resentment towards her husband, things that she was carrying in her heart towards her husband that were not from him. And all he wanted to do is to cut through her bone and marrow, cut through her heart and show her. This is what's going on in your heart, and that's why you cannot love your husband. You cannot even pray for him. So why do we pray? First, it's an instruction. It's a command. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray. The Lord is the one who changes the harvest. He's the one who charges the harvest. He's the one who brings the harvest. So he says, let's pray for the harvest. Ask me. And I will give you the nations. Ask me for Namibia. Ask me for Angola. Ask me for Africa. They, you know, God loves it. I think he starts dancing. I think he jumps up from me. Somebody ask me for Serbia. Give her what she's asked for. Somebody ask me for Jordan. Give her Jordan. I really think he gets, there's a party going on in heaven when we ask God for things that are on his heart. And many times he answers prayer because we pray his will. And his will is that we go to the nations. His will is that we preach the word. So then he says, so if we cannot go, if, you, if for instance you really can't go, there's places where you can ask God, Lord, Deloitte is in France also. How about we go to France, Lord, with Deloitte? <laughs> then I don't have to quit my job. I just go to France. And guess what? France is reached. Nobody in France will perish. You know, there is potential inside of us. Some of you have 20,000 seeds. There's 20,000 people that you need to lead to the Lord. Some of you really just your neighbor, one person. But depending on what the gift is that God has placed inside of you. And we will stand before God that day. And then we must say, these are the people. That's our gift that we bring back to Jesus. Jesus died on the cross that we say that people might be saved. So Jesus, your inheritance, your sacrifice, the pain that you endured, here are the souls that you died for. That is what we bring before the Lord, yeah? And also as an example, when Peter and Barnabas were being sent out, before that, and even here they added fasting. 
you know what fasting is, yeah? yeah. <laughs> I love it. I remember the one time we were fasting and people were like, no, I think vadan chips is also potatoes, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and before they were sent out, it says, and after they had fasted and prayed, the apostles, the other apostles laid hands on them and sent them off. And actually before that, uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit said to them, set aside for me Barnabas and Paul for the work that I have for them. And then they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them and sent them off. Again, pray as a precursor. And not only, even our church here, as we sit here today, how old are we, 20 years, 20 plus? 20 years, 21 years old. Uh, 21 years ago, Pastor Sergey, Pastor uh, Carol and Andrew, them came on a mission. And we asked Pastor Sergey, so what did you guys do before you came? And he says, they prayed. They prayed, God, we're going to Namibia. We ask you for this. We ask you for that. We'll share now. I'll share now with you what we pray for when we go on missions. And then they came here. And then there were people left behind praying for them. So when we start sending people out, there will be people behind here praying. I went on two missions since I, came, I became a Christian. Yeah, embarrassing. I'll improve on those and not figure. The one was to campus when we set campus up. And the other one was to Mitchell's Plain in Cape Town. It was so exciting. Like at night, you'll hear the guns, and you're like, yeah, Jesus, come on. Let's do this. <laughs> you know, other people are like, Mitchell's Plain. I'm like, mm, yeah, Katutura. It's coming out to an go. <laughs> and it's not so bad. You walk through the corridors of Mitchell's Plain, and, you know, people are just natural. And then we trusted the Lord for for treasures, in other words, we trust the Lord to show us people, and God would give you a, a key image. He says, there's this lady, and she does this for a living, and she's there, and you must be there at 11. And so, Father, we came there, and there's this lady walks past me, and I'm like, and she's like is that? I think so. Are you going to go? <sighs> because you're just shocked how God shows up. When we go on missions, God shows up. For me, Mitchell's plane was a life-changing experience. And also, you start seeing the things that God cares about, how people are living, and your heart breaks, that this is not what God destined for them. The enemy is coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy people's lives when we are sitting with the answers to that, when we are sitting with the abundant life inside of us. And so we need to go out, and we need to pray. So pray in missions. How do we pray for a mission? We pray for the harvest, and we pray for souls. As Jesus says, the harvest is plenty. Pray to the Lord who owns the harvest so that he can send out workers. We pray for that nation to be saved, and we pray for the missions team. So let's just look at how do we pray for souls. We ask, we start with the word. We ask the Lord, what is the word? We start and pray the word. Like when we go to the Lord and say, Lord, you said, ask of me the nations. And you promised that you would give us the nations when we ask you. So I'm asking you for the nations. I'm asking you for this person's life. I'm asking you because Jesus died for that person. One other thing that we must remember is that it is God's heart that nobody should perish. It is definitely his heart. You know, that's why Jesus died. He didn't die just, you know, just in jail. He didn't just die. He died that none should perish. And there are some people around us that we feel like, mm, I don't know if Jesus can. <laughs> this one is difficult. <laughs> this one is a difficult character. You know, when I got saved, my friends were like, uh, what happened? 
What did you do? What, what, did you have a crisis? Or, because I was living a life of deep sin, <laughs> if I can call it that. <laughs> and I mean, when those who knew me, when I got saved, they're like, uh, what happened? I said, nothing, Jesus. You know, I explained the story. There was no crisis in my life. There was just a deep, deep desire in my heart. Like I just started, like God just started pulling me in and pulling me in. And, and, uh, and really, so if we are praying for people and we're going into the nations, we're praying for souls, we need to know that nothing is impossible with God. Remember the rich guy that came to the Lord and then Jesus, and then Jesus responded to the disciples like, oh, who can get saved? He says, things might look impossible for us, but nothing is impossible with God. I just want to share with you... Um, um, Pastor Goody shared with us a testimony of this, of this older man whose daughters were all saved. And um, these daughters were saved. And he got like, to manage, I think, the holy fire within their family. So his father gave him a gift, like, you need to take care of this tradition in our family. And he thought, yeah, I mean, you honor your father by doing what your father says. So he was doing this all along. Now, Pastor Goody, um, he has a church in Vintuk, But when he came from Nigeria, he was based in Okakarara. God sent him to reach the people in Okakarara. And so he went there, and this guy, and then now he and Vintuk, his daughters are, are at his church, and the daughters are serving the Lord, their lives are changed, and he just encouraged the daughters, you just keep doing good things for your father. And then he went to the father, and he says, you know, I preached the gospel to the father, and the father was like, mm, no, no, I've, I've got this thing that I'm busy with. I can't, I can't. My father will not be happy if I do things. This. The ancestors will not be happy if I, if I leave this. For that and uh, the wisdom that God gave Pastor Goody because he was praying for this man the wisdom was that yes your father gave you the best he had but I'm bringing you something better and he shared the gospel with this man and today that man is saved and his farm where he used to you know manage the holy fire that farm is now being used for spreading the gospel for people in the surrounding areas. They use it for church uh, missions when they go out, you know, for meetings, whatever. So you see the power of here. I mean, I would have thought, Lord, ish, this one is a hard one. But the more we stay in prayer, the more the Bible says those who know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits. How do you know God? By building a relationship with him. How do you build a relationship with him? By praying consistently every day always asking him, Lord, who are you? Show me what is your word for this person. What do you want for this person? What do you see in this person? Where are you taking Juliet? What is your plan for her? And once you understand that, it's easy for you to be able to relate. Yeah? Awesome. And then there's a few, a few ways of praying for the lost and that circumcise their hearts, Lord. Grant them repentance, Father. Open hearts to respond and give them a heart of flesh. And also, there's another scripture that we didn't put in here. Lord, remove the veil from their eyes. Because many times, you know, um, there was something that I never knew about soul ties before Jesus. And somebody came to me and says, do you know about soul ties? I'm like, hey, soul ties, what? And then they explained to me that night. I went home, I'm like, boom, 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 Jeez Louise. Now that is a big one. So the enemy will blind you. You're thinking the life, you know, have you ever tried to minister to somebody and the person just doesn't want? They're just difficult. And you're thinking, what's wrong with this person? But it's really because they don't see. And as Christians, many times we just expect to come to somebody and say, hey, Jesus loves you. You need to give your life to the Lord. And the person must just say, okay. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Because some of us water. Some of us plant the seed. Some of us water the seed. 
some of us see the harvest. And many of us come, it says uh, Pastor Joey Bonifacio, who is part of, I think, Philippi in the Philippines, every nation Philippines, he actually said, so if you had a, a um, what do you call it, like a line, what do you call that line between zero and 50? If you had a, a, um, a scale, yeah, a scale of, of one to zero and zero to zero uh, to minus 50. So some person brings this person to minus 25, another one brings them to zero, and you walk in. Jesus loves you. Oh, I give my love to Jesus. And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> but actually, this person has been taught the word. Somebody has been. So we partner together. We partner together in the word that we bring. We partner together in prayer. So somebody's praying. My mom prayed for me, but somebody else gave me the word. My mom would, I mean, I was so anasta. My mom used to write me letters to discipline me. My child, I think you are going in another, letters also. But we thank God now. Look at me. And you know, and I'm not ashamed of what the gospel has done in my life. I'm definitely not ashamed of what God has done in my life. I mean, many people would say, mm, keep quiet. What, why must you share these things? No, really, guys, if you knew me, BC, you'll understand why I get so excited. <laughs> yeah. So let's pray for the nations. So how do we pray for the nation? Many of us have got nations on our hearts. What is the nation that God has given you? I remember once in prayer, Pastor Anne came. And she had this massive map, and she says, close your eyes, and when you open your eyes, the nation that you see first, start praying for that nation. And I remember God gave me Syria. I was just like looking, I was like, Syria? Oof, Syria, Lord. Isn't that Syria? <laughs> That's Syria. What I realized is, and I mean, uh, Pastor Selma confirmed it, is that as you start praying for that nation, God opens doors for you to go to that nation. He opens doors for you to go to that nation. Or... He opens doors for you to meet people who are going to that nation that you can partner with, that you can, that you can give to, that you can send for, that you can pray for, that the gospel will be really spread wide in that nation. So Psalm 2.8 says, ask me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possession. Imagine that. Ask and you will get a whole nation. A whole nation. We only two million people in Nigeria. You can ask God for Nigeria. That's billions of people. How do we pray for how do we pray for nations? Do your research. Paul, when he came to Ephesus, he understood what is driving these people. And they had many gods. And Jesus was one of the gods they had. And so he used the things that were dear to their hearts to get away in and bring the gospel to them. So what is the belief of the people? Understand what is the key to people's hearts and then refer. This nation in prayer to the Lord. Bring the nation before the Lord. And um, yeah, and then you pray for the extension of God's kingdom. How do we preach the gospel? We've already uh, shared how we pray for the lost. You use that. We say, Lord, we pray, let your kingdom come in this nation. Let your will be done, Father. Because the Bible says, um, for every nation, he says, I've got good plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And many times we just take it for us individually. But actually in the context of the Bible, he was speaking it over the Israeli nation. You know, he was saying, I have got plans for you as a nation, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what is God's plan for Namibia? How many of us actually have asked God, what are you doing in this country? What's your plan for this nation? And then we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. 
as you have declared, as you have prayed about it back then when we were much younger, before the foundations of Namibia was, put, was set in place, God decided what will happen to this, uh, to this nation. And so we need to ask God for that. And number three, we pray for the team or the individual that's going out on missions. How do we pray for this team? We pray for their protection. We pray for unity in the team. Unity in the vision that they're going with, in the mission that they're going to accomplish, in the direction and in the purpose that they have as they go out. We pray for love in the team, love for God and love for each other. Because we know that where love is, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. The minute there's something off there, somebody's doing their own thing, you pull them back and we say, Lord, let's pray together that there will be love in the team for one another and for God. We pray for the team's provision. Many times people lay their lives down. They don't have the means to go, but they've laid their lives down. So let's partner with those who are going and let's pray for God's provision that they will have more than enough. That they're not going. We don't send missionaries off and the people are there hungry. They don't feed. And then they say, no, I come from every nation. Ventuk. Please give me some food to eat. Nonsense. We need to be able to provide for the people that are going and pray for their provision. That even if they're there that side, that they will be so abundantly blessed that people will see that really these guys know the Lord. And we pray for divine connections because doors must be open. Now, our church and our, our movement, the Every Nation movement, our purpose is that to the ends of the world, to the ends of the earth, we will create a global movement dedicated to establishing church-planting churches, reaching the next generation on the campuses, and preaching the gospel to every nation. We need to remember that we are on mission always. Therefore, we need to be praying always. As a business owner... It is our desire to move not only in Namibia, but to set up shop in other places. It, is a it should be a desire of every single person who owns a business. Lord, we don't only want to be in Namibia. We want to be elsewhere. Start praying for the nations where you want to go to. God will surely give you that nation. He will not only give you the nation. He'll give you a strategy on how to get into the nation. He will create divine connections for you. He will bring those divine connections to you. You walk past somebody and they're like, hey, and then you start a conversation. You're like, oh, we've got the same vision. You know, here's the person. You know, that's how God works. And he loves you enough, not for us, but to see his glory. And then we pray, God, glorify yourself through me. Let your glory be seen through my life. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to bless you, to go to other nations that you can spread the gospel there. Okay. And let's not sit here and say, oh, there's a mission team, I'm sure. After this session, this series, there's going to be a mission team put together, and that mission team will go, and uh, I will be at Investec minding my own business. Hmm? That's not how God is going to do it. So he's saying there's three groups of people, those who pray, those who give, and those who go. Now, in the marketplace, every single one of us here, we've got a young church who is predominantly in the marketplace. We have a mission field with people who don't know the Lord. But once they come to know the Lord, yeah, it is so beautiful when people meet Jesus. And that is why we need to go, even in the marketplace, your colleague next to you, how are you bringing the word to them? Our work that we do, how does it glorify God when we do our work so well that your boss, who is an atheist, says, man, this guy or this girl, 
come with me to this meeting. Come with me to that meeting. Because you exude the wisdom of God. You're praying for them to lead effectively. You are, you know, you're supporting your, your leader. You, you're giving yourself to this business to make sure that things are working according to how God has given you the vision for this church. I mean, for that place where you're at. So it's not a mission team a team far, far away that's going to be set up, and I'm just going to uh, give some 5,000 there for that team to go. No, we need to partake in it because God will really open up doors for us. And then as a, as a movement, we, have, we are targeting six nations uh, by the year 2022, Iceland, Lesotho, Jordan, Lebanon, Romania, and Russia. So we want you to start praying for these nations. Let's pray for our nation as well. What is the nation that's on your heart? And then, uh, Godfrey, if I can just have one of those. Thank you. And then every single person received one of these cards. Everything we preached, is, uh, we, we shared with you this morning, we will share with you this morning when Barbara comes, is on this card. How do I pray for the, for the lost is on top. And how do I pray for the nations is on this side. Um, information then. So then just write down. List friends or family members you are praying for. Write them down here. And then list nations you are praying for, write them down there, put them on the fridge. And every time you walk past, every time you open the fridge, you look at it and then you know that, hey, I need to pray for my friend. I need to pray for a specific nation. So yeah, that's, that's the word for this morning. So as we sang this morning, we will pray. Let's just stand. Yes, Lord. Awkward. Yeah. So I just want to pray. Father, we bless your name. We thank you. We honor you. Thank you for the privilege of partnering with you, Lord, to see the nation saved, to see the nations transformed and turned around for your glory, and to see your kingdom come. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for every single person here this morning. I thank you that you've touched hearts, Lord God, and that you're moving in our hearts. And I thank you that indeed, Lord Jesus, we will see the move of your kingdom in our midst. We will see, Lord God, a transformed society, not only in Namibia, but outside of, this, of these borders, Lord God. We will see people go. We will see people give, Lord God, and we will see this whole church pray. We will find hubs, Lord God, of people just calling out to you, Father, to see our family saved, to see nations saved, to see community saved, Lord God, because we know you are not coming back until every nation has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, where we have lacked and slacked in prayer, we come before you and we ask for your forgiveness. We repent of that, Lord God. And we ask for an unusual ability to pray, Father. We ask you for unusual atmospheres in our homes, Lord God. We ask you for unusual atmospheres in our offices, Father. Unusual atmospheres deep inside our hearts, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, stir our spirits, Lord God, for the work of kingdom. Stir our hearts, Lord God, for the work of the kingdom that you have, Lord Jesus. Lord, I bless every single person here this morning. I bless them, Lord God, with, with just the grace to pray. The grace to cry out for nations. The grace to cry out for people who don't know you, Lord God. Father, for your word says freely we've received and freely we will give, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we cover every single person here under the mighty hand of Jesus Christ. And we bless you with grace. 
We bless you with favor and we bless you with the knowledge of God's heart. His heart for people, his heart for nations, and his heart for each one of us. May your kingdom come, Lord, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.